0: covers kickers more than most
3: college scouts. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by DiGiorno. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined on a boat that's filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Look at us. How about us?
2: Are you listening, Raj? Are you listening, Kamish? Are you proud? We're spending your money. We're on a boat. We're here in Miami. We got nothing else to do. We are on beautiful Miami
3: Canal. <laughs>
1: we do not know if that is the actual The Miami
3: River. Okay, no nope. oh, canal. River, it is the Miami. The beautiful River. Miami River. Uh, taping our first show from Miami on a yacht. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four coming up in a few days, and uh, and and Erica, our wonderful producer, who put this together wow uh, you know you're a marvel
1: yeah you know a shout out to jane slater her brother tom works for port de stella which is helping putting on this whole event all super bowl week and they hooked it up and it's so sick
4: wow
3: what, that's clutch it seems and like
4: it would have been an opportune time to have jane on as
3: a guest considering that her family member got us this speedboat yeah she wasn't available a little so. bit of a missed op potentially <laughs> but uh anyway did i mention that this podcast is presented by DiGiorno? stocked <laughs> stock you, you up on giorno, Pizza for the big game. Uh, there we go. That's what Super Bowl's about in a lot of ways. It's America. It's about corporate, corporate structure. It's about ad reads. Sure. But it's also, Wes, about football, isn't it?
5: Family, friends, football. And giorno. <laughs> Very
3: good. Very good. So today's show, this is our second boat show, actually. We did one on River Thames a couple of years ago in London. And that was nice. But now this is way better, i got to be honest. Oh, with the vibe all, is, t-
4: is decidedly different here.
3: Mark, we're in Miami for some We're service. in Miami.
4: We have, like, high-rise, like, sleek high-rise buildings around us. Um, a <laughs> bunch of, like, nines and tens have been rolled in from various countries staying at our hotel.
3: Beautiful. And you've been very clear to point out that both the men and the women are nines oh, and tens. Oh, it's
4: not a yeah. – it is a. It is. It is extremely <laughs> attractive, people being piped into our – I mean, we we stepped location. on the boat
2: with some, you know, great sort of Miami-inflected – Music. I think this should be our thing, doing (laughs) audio podcasts in far-flung locales where we just describe where we are for the audio listeners. I can't even begin (laughs) to
3: understand.
4: Uh, Going under a (laughs) throughway at the moment.
3: A boat just crashed into the side of our boat, and we're sinking. No, um, (laughs) that was the singing bridge. This is a a fun experience, and we love... uh, To mix things up We just passed a
2: sign That says caution Manatee area So if a manatee Jumps up and kills Mark It's just Ultimately the way We all expect it Don't think
3: that's in skill set. An incredible way to go How are you doing Mark In Miami I know uh, the city With all it's glitz And glamour And uh, and beauty um, Some of the texts I've been getting for you You've been a little up and down Are you excited about being here
4: (laughs) That's always the case But I I mean I, I would say that It's growing on me At a rapid pace You know yesterday It was sort of overcast and you're wandering around to kind of trying to figure out what the city's about. Now we're on this boat, and it looks like, a, you know, the cut scenes from, like, Miami Vice. I'm all in. Feels like freedom.
5: It oh does, to a degree. It's a panoply of the senses. It's a feast for the eyes. I'm. This is already <laughs> two days into it, my favorite Super Bowl city. Wow. It's just... It, Shots fired at New Orleans. I haven't been to New Orleans yet. Mm. New York was holding the number one spot, and I do love New York City, but... This is where you want to have a soup.
3: I still I still stand for the uh, best Western in Minneapolis that had a TJ Fridays connected to it. That was it.
5: close to the heart.
3: All right, so what are we doing? Essentially, it's all about the big game, of course, uh, the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs. On Thursday, you're going to hear our proper Super Bowl 54 preview, uh, but of course, we're going to hit on the game pretty hard today. Uh, in fact, uh, using our our deep well of knowledge when it comes to this event. Um, Mark, this is you and I. This is our ninth Super Bowl with NFL Media. Um, Greg, how many Super Bowls have you uh, covered? This is the 13th I've been to. 13 for Greg West. You're, I believe this is my seventh. So, we, you know, you, you start to learn uh, that the two-week break from the NFC and AFC title game to the Super Bowl, it's a breeding ground for just – Soggy narratives sometimes narratives that don't always really check out when the game actually begins, or sometimes conversely, they're they're spot on. So, since we're on a boat, sink or swim narratives of Super Bowl Fifty Four. See how I did that, Erica. I love it. I love it. Great job.
2: The, maybe the worst the person who throws out the worst narrative gets thrown overboard, and we just see <laughs> oh, I love that.
3: <laughs> That's great. But before we do that, let's. Uh, oh, I just want a shout out to the whole crew. Of the Van Dutch, who are keeping us alive right now, and especially Captain Spiros, Mm. because without Captain Spiros, without the man at the wheel, it's lights out for the ATN podcast. (laughs) You hear me? We'd be at the bottom of the river. Also, want to send a shout
2: out to all the people who have been buying our uh, concert tickets or our show tickets on Thursday this week at the (laughs) Miami Improv. It's bumping up the 49ers and Chiefs fans. Uh, are coming correct, but we still have tickets available Thursday
4: night at the Miami Improv. One I of do... us will not be appearing depending on who drops the laziest
3: narrative. <laughs> well I was I was thinking of going the other way, which was Wes, Dan, Mark, all get the night off. Greg Rosenthal, one man, one spotlight, one mic, Rosenthal Cole in my stories. <laughs> Tamposi will jump in with me.
2: She she, she loves a live microphone. We'll we'll, uh, we'll do it together. It'll be fun.
1: He's going in the river. I swear to God. <laughs>
5: All right, Craig sitting on a stool spinning yarns. <laughs> let's uh let's do some news.
0: I, I wore the number 24 in high school. Uh like my freshman sophomore year because of him and I wore Kobe Bryant basketball shoes because of Kobe Bryant. Every time I laced up my basketball shoes, I felt like I had Kobe Bryant with me. I had a little part of him. I had his jumper. I had his fadeaway. The amount of hours I spent practicing that fadeaway from the corner. And I never made it, but I tried, and I always thought I was Kobe. So, like, uh, I mean, he's he's an icon. Uh, He was a hero of mine. And the world's not a better place without him.
3: Well, there it is, uh, George Kittle, the Niners' tight end from Media Night last night talking about Kobe Bryant. And, uh, yes, this is obviously – it was a unique opening night because this is a unique time – on the um american sports spectrum with kobe bryant's tragic death in that helicopter crash in la um i was i came in, in into the city a day after you guys by the way uh for the listeners and so i was in la when all the kobe fallout was happening it was such a surreal day in los angeles and i was in a text chain with my buddies from back east and we were one of the guys asked, "Is this like the biggest LA sports story ever?" And it's it's almost it's you can't really look at it that way because Kobe's death, and then you have you can't say like, "Oh, Kirk Gibson's home run or Magic Skyhook." This this feels like a like a tragedy that that just is bigger than obviously sports, and you could feel that throughout media night because that's all anybody wanted to talk about.
5: Yeah. I, I noticed when I got in, just talking to NFL Network people who were raised in L.A. and grew up with the Lakers as their favorite team, and they were visibly shaken up to the point where you could see that several of them had been crying probably for hours. I I just – not being from L.A. myself, it, it kind of – I was a little surprised at how much of an impact that made. I think L.A., like,
2: the rep is that nothing brings L.A. together, it's just kind of this far-flung place with no center holding it, but the Lakers are kind of what what Absolutely. holds it. I mean, the Lakers are what holds it, and Kobe. Even people that are, you know aren't from LA, NBA superstars have a level of fame and, and attachment, I think, from their fans and people worldwide that NFL fans never will. Like Kobe is at a level that no NFL player has ever been at. I just think it's just different.
4: Yeah, and I, the, you know, and the Rams and Chargers are both finding out firsthand in 2020 that L.A. remains a Lakers town and a Dodgers town, first and foremost. And I remember being downtown the last time the Lakers uh, won a championship. I didn't know what was going to happen that night. It was not the smartest move, but it was incredible to witness the scene down there uh, and just what the Lakers' effect is on Los Angeles. And Kobe's, I think, is uh, what we saw like last night on media night, too. The entire aura of that event, which is typically sort of um, you know, open to clownishness and uh, and in fun and games had a completely different feel because of the immense effect he's had on so many NFL players.
3: I mean, this is supposed to be the NFL's week. And I was in our hotel uh, last night and I turned on Sports Center, and they the, they never talked about the Super Bowl once the entire episode. So this obviously, you know, the whole week is is um, was changed by that tragic event in uh, Calabasas. Uh, and we'll hear from Richard Sherman a little bit later, an L.A. native. Uh, but let's get to the NFL news now, and we'll start. Mark, you know what? There Actually, be
1: before st- we do this, can we do some breaking news?
3: Breaking news, yes. Let's hear it.
1: Um, magnitude 7.7 7 earthquake hits near Cuba. Miami offices evacuated as of 15 minutes ago, and we're out on a yacht right now. Whoa. Uh, okay. Um,
3: Are we in great danger? I mean, we're... Or... We're, not minimal sure. danger. Not,
1: not sure. I mean,
2: this might be the place to be, but it does explain the helicopters flying overhead. Yeah. Perhaps there's been a number of them. Potential tsunami heading our way.
5: Don't mean
3: a to laugh. It's I'd just a nervous laugh. So there's a potential tsunami. Yeah. And we're on the water. Okay. Uh, Maybe so we
5: should look into it.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm on Twitter. So. <laughs> um, well, there's well, never been anything inaccurate to... on
2: Twitter, so we're we're fine. Yeah.
1: Okay, All right, well that's interesting. <laughs> so we just keep going. Now to the Cleveland Browns. Hey,
3: Ricky, honestly, they'll keep us uh, yeah, no, updated I on mean, the yeah. tsunami situation in Miami.
2: Apparently, on. buildings, you know, were shaking in Miami, but we, we did not feel
5: it. We didn't visibly see them shaking.
2: No, You wow. <laughs> can't shake that's a 50-foot yard. All right.
1: <laughs> Let's the wind
2: start. is blowing Dan's notes all over the place. That was Ricky's. He's the easiest to have in one place, having a whole system, and this is
3: all you my know. system has been torn asunder. And now Erica has collapsed on the deck of the Von Dutch. What tragedy. All right, let's get into it. The Browns um have hired Andrew Berry as the you know, I'm thinking about the tsunami.
4: I know, I can tell. Let's battle through. We're pros. Uh, The
3: the Browns have hired former uh, team executive Andrew Barry uh, to be general manager and executive VP. The team announced this on Tuesday. He made it official. He has 53-man roster control. He's just 32 years old. He's the youngest GM in the league. Uh, Mark, the the Browns have been the latest iteration of the Browns reboot. Has Jimmy Haslam, the owner, saying, we need to be in lockstep uh, with the head coach. And the GM, I imagine this is a, a step toward that.
4: Well, I think if you want to spin hopeful and positive about the Browns and what happened since Freddie Kitchens was fired, was that they methodically uh, went through this process and didn't matter how long it took and didn't rush to hire someone because they want a unified front office and coaching staff with Stefanski, John D. Podesta, and Paul, Paul D. De Podesta. Sorry, and with with. Andrew Barry, who was with Cleveland during the Sashi Brown regime and massively impressed the Haslam's, they were they wanted him back. He was with the Eagles last year. I, I think this is essentially looking at um from Harvard, Barry's from Harvard, uh, Stefanski's from Penn. Well, this just smart guys. Well, that's that's. I think they are looking for people that can coexist and keep this thing together for more than one
5: year. We will see. If you're a Browns fan who might have been a little worried that it's going to be too analytically driven like baseball and wall street influence and it's not going to be enough football influence this is a guy you love as a hire because he was a three-time ivy league cornerback at harvard when he graduated it's his talking potentially
0: when he graduated his coach
5: his coach said within 15 years by the time this guy's 37 years old he'll be running an nfl franchise he's that special he's that whip smart and you combine that with his football experience he coached for 7 or he scouted for 7 years with the Colts to me he combines both of those the scouting background and the analytics background if you wanted to take
2: a you know more negative slant you could point out that what seemed like their first choices turned down the jobs or at least some of their top choices George Patton who had worked with Stefanski in Minnesota didn't like the structure that was set up and he might have been the GM otherwise Josh McDaniels it was kind of a similar case I am hoping for the best. But th- at this point, I feel like we are all – I want to become a Browns fan because a, Browns, a successful Browns team, it makes a better podcast. I it don't think it I've ever seen – How do you know?
3: I want it. Well, maybe not a better podcast, <laughs> but makes my life successful. stressful. That unpaved is I road. Here's my, here's my situation right now with Captain Spiros and the crew of the Van Dutch. If we see them getting nervous and you see Captain <laughs> Spiros like, on his radio a lot and stuff, <laughs> that's when I'll get nervous So I'm just judging Right now, Captain Spruce has got a smile Are we safe, Captain?
5: Of course <laughs> <We are safe. laughs> Of course,
3: that's what you would say if you're the captain Because, number one, you want to keep everyone on board calm So he's not going to be honest, is he? No, oh, yeah, For the listeners, who, there's no you. way they could have actually
2: heard that He just started screaming And like <laughs> running his uh, hands through his hair No oh, wait,
3: Captain Spiros has jumped off the ship <laughs> And is anyone else Able to, no This Captain is a Spiros
5: seasoned mariner, he has everything under control You know the kinds of situations he's been in The pickles he's pulled out of, come on man All right, Mark, good luck to that. I
1: Googled, can you survive a tsunami on a boat? Yes or no. And it says, the safest place for a vessel in the event of a tsunami is offshore in deep water. So to the ocean, Captain (laughs) (laughs) Sparrow.
3: Take us out on the mighty Atlantic.
5: No one has ever tried to order the captain around before.
3: (laughs) All right, uh, moving. good luck, Mark, with uh, this latest regime. Thank you. Uh, Drew Brees, uh, speaking of Jane Slater, our good buddy, Drew Brees, the Saints' quarterback, is a free agent. He's landed at, I believe, number thirty-seven on Greg Rosenthal's he's
0: top eight. forty he's free eight. agents. He's eight.
3: Okay. Uh, anyway, he's he's nineteen years into a career, and he's not ready to announce yet whether or not he's coming back. But if he does, it will be with the Saints. Here's what he so here's what he told Jane at the Pro Bowl.
0: Yeah, I, I've I've never been in a situation where I said I was m- mulling over <laughs> the, the thought of clarifying the that Saints. then. Yeah. I've all, uh, it's to me. It's it's been each each one of these contracts, which I don't know how many it's been. You know, with the Saints, um, I played with them 14 years. Um, but each one, it's just it's not a matter of if it gets done; it's when. And you know, obviously, at this stage in my career, it's it's you know not a given that I'm that I'm coming back every year. It's just, uh, but but when when that time comes, then uh, you know, I'll, I'll always be a Saint.
5: Saints fans
2: are taking this pretty seriously. They think he might genuinely retire. This is different than he's uh talked about before. I think it's negotiations. I think Sean Payton and the Saints have not so subtly put out some reports and even talked about you know in the last uh couple of days that well if we had to move forward, you know, with Taysom Hill, you know, we of course they want Drew Brees back, but they have other franchise quarterback options in Taysom Hill and Drew Brees maybe the most calculated Um, Player in the NFL over the last 10 years Is not making these comments to NFL Network uh, By mistake The only leverage that he has is retirement In terms of his contract talks And if he does retire That's not a good outcome for the Saints Because they have $20 million in cap it And they still don't have Drew Brees
5: Greg just put that issue to sleep. Nothing I don't more know, needs no to one, be said. No
2: one, people aren't buying this. This is a this is more of a theory than you know fact.
3: What was the report out there that the Saints view Taysom Hill as a potential franchise quarterback? W- Where well, I read that? I mean, I, Sean
4: Payton. Sean said, Payton had, said that very yeah. strongly, and like he, you know, he had high praise for Taysom Hill before the season. Of course, linking him to the skills of Steve Young. But I think it would be fascinating. To, at some point in time, watch Taysom Hill attempt that role. I really think Absolutely. it would
5: be like, See, super exciting. I think he's going to get a chance at some point. Do, feel, do you think on one level the Saints would be a more interesting team to follow with Taysom Hill as their starting quarterback? Uh, Out of the gate. I ridiculous. mean, it's, it's a tall order you to follow. So. but
3: I, I, I don't understand, and this maybe is directed at U.S. I don't understand this, like, subtle Drew Brees shade that's popping up every time he comes up. This guy could
5: still play. Of course he can. So –
3: what are we doing? Why would do we want to get Taysom rid of him? I think Taysom Hill is one of the They're most not.
5: interesting quarterbacks in the NFL. Whenever they, I see him play, he makes they've plays. they made it clear. The, the Saints
3: have made it clear. They want him back. Um, so I don't think they are entertaining. Is this a Steve Mon, a Steve Young, Joe Montana situation? If that was the case, I could understand the the uh, urge to maybe make the move. Do they really think that Hill, Hill has that type I of I think there is
4: a upside. parallel there because of the fascination in-house to Taysom Hill. And if you're... Wow. If you're Sean Payton Except for the background as a great quarterback Which Steve Young had and Taysom Hill just doesn't I, th- That's fine, but I, like, the, he wouldn't be in the role he's in If he had, had a long track saying, record though, as a quarterback he,
3: Whenever he takes the field, exciting things happen
4: I think if you're Sean Payton Is that part of it too? Yeah, but I think if you're Sean Payton, there be, too, yeah, the yeah, you're Sean Payton There's a part of you that would find it an incredible Interesting, engaging challenge to try to see What you have with Taysom Hill It's also that's telling all. that Teddy Bridgewater Is not mentioned in
2: any of this talk And he's a free agent too And feels like it's More possible this year that he'll leave, just because I don't. I I don't know if he could see being outplayed by the
5: quarterback behind him too. So I'm not saying the Saints would be better with Taysom Hill. I'm saying for me, who's watched this show, the Drew Brees show for how many years—twelve years—in New Orleans, it would be more exciting to watch Taysom Hill. They feel like they
2: need to run it back one more time. They have so many free agents, so it's going to be a little tricky. I think they have eight starters. But with Breeze at this age, it's like, let's try one more time. We've had a Super Bowl-worthy or ready team the last two years, and then after that, you get
3: wild. And I guess my counter to that, Wes, is I I hear that, but what if he does get the job, and after four weeks, it's like, oh, this guy was perfect in the role he had, and we kind of pushed Drew Breeze out the door when he was coming
5: off. Oh, I think that's absolutely a a possibility. I I think I've just, like, I'm oversaturated with the Drew Breeze Saints – especially when you see a playoff game where his lack of arm strength was a huge factor and the only plays they made were when Taysom Hill was making them.
3: All right, let's move on. Speaking of veteran quarterbacks, Philip River, wait, boat check. Is he on the radio? Captain Spears is not on the radio. So I'm going to so calm demeanor at the moment. All right. It seems good. to be,
2: you know, when another
3: boat passes us, then we get <laughs> a little rock, it's not the tsunami. That's yes. a wake, <laughs> Greg, um, the Van Dutch, the entire crew is actually very cool right now. Which Yeah, they're walking around, yeah. and
2: they're not worried. Yeah.
3: All right, so Philip Rivers, his future with the Chargers remains up in the air. Uh, there was a report that floated around a couple of days ago that was that was attributed to Jay Glazer that the Chargers were moving on, but that maybe is not exactly the case and wasn't even Glazer's reporting. And Ian Rappaport, our own Ian Rappaport, uh, said the franchise is still weighing its options uh, on their eight-time Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, we know the whole background by now, 38 years old, coming off an interception uh, frenzy season, and he just picked up his family and left California for Florida, closer to his uh, hometown. Uh, what do you think, uh, Mark? Is this? Uh, do you think there's any chance he's a Charger in that uh, 2020? I, I just would like to
4: hear more dating back. To even the middle of last season, where the team is saying this is what we want, I to me Philip Rivers seemed to be kind of quietly at odds with that coaching staff by the end of the campaign. Where you know there were whispers of him potentially being benched at this point. He's just moved his family across the entire country, and we we've brought up the scenario where he could be one of these guys that you know goes home for a day or two a week and spends the rest of the time on the other side of the country it just feels to me from a family planning issue which is the super important of philip rivers an odd uh, departure from
3: california if you're going to go back to the and from anthony lynn's perspective i imagine it was incredibly frustrating when Philip Rivers was your quarterback last season. There were so many, if you watch those Chargers games, so many mistakes that just would kill them. And Rivers every once in a while would look like Phil Rivers as well. He had his moments. He wasn't a complete washout. Uh, but, Wes, those mistakes, they they add up, and you could tell Lynn, you understand his frustration and maybe his thought, like maybe Sean Payton, like what if I had a fresh start with a younger player?
5: Right. I, it feels like the relationship may have run its course, and both teams are looking to get separated. And I think if the Chargers detect even a whisper of of the fact that somebody's going to give Phillip Rivers a pretty good contract and install him as their face of their franchise, they're just going to franchise tag him themselves and try to trade him. Right, because that would be the
2: most Chargers thing possible. A guy who has started 224 straight games, the second most in NFL history behind only Brett Favre. I mean, everyone sings sea poems about Eli Manning's durability as they should. Phil Rivers has never missed a game in his entire career. It's even longer than either of the Manning's streaks. It would be fitting for the Chargers who have botched basically their goodbye to every great player they've ever had for his last days to be a protracted struggle where they franchise tag him and then trade him for like a 6th round pick. <laughs> to the Colts and alienate uh, a player who has been far better than the offensive lines or the running games or basically anything that Tom Telesco has surrounded him by.
4: I think it's telling, too, and it's concerning for the entire Chargers organization, the lack of Philip Rivers' buzz compared to Eli Manning because the fan base does not exist right now. But
2: Ian made it clear they're considering franchise tagging him, and his wording was, he made it sound like they're they're probably ready to move on but they want to make sure they can do better and they're not really sure what they are they could get behind door number two so they're not totally closing the books on rivers they have the number six pick though that is not too far away from either moving up for tua or just drafting a quarterback of their own
3: speaking of uh fading borderline hall of fame quarterbacks tom brady is also a free agent uh to be where is he rank on your list uh, he is first. No, um, he's ninth. He's right behind Breeze. He's right behind Breeze. Uh, Joe Montana did uh, an interview, a sit down with our own Mike Silver. And of course, Montana is well, he's always at the forefront of you know this week because he's Joe freaking Montana. But this this week uh, and he'll make the media rounds and you always see Joe around. Uh, this time of year at Super Bowl week. And,
2: Joe, tell us a little bit more about
3: 1-800-Flowers. Well, well, let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, He's also got his own brand of Skechers, I believe. Uh, But these are his two former teams, the 49ers, where he had all of his glory, and the Chiefs, of course, where he played his final two seasons. And uh, Mike Silver asked Montana about that process of going from a place, the only place you've ever known, to kind of starting fresh. And Montana was very honest uh, talking about how difficult it was, asked specifically what advice he'd give to Brady, um, Montana, about the possibility of leaving the Patriots and signing with another team. Montana smiled and said, don't if you don't have to. It's a process to go through, and it takes time to get used to the team. Um, he also said that he has fond memories of his times with the Chiefs and uh, his offensive co- coordinator, uh Paul Hackett was the quarterback's coach in San Francisco, which helped the process and and, and made it an easier process for him in terms of, uh, you know, a new playbook and all that. Uh, but it is a reminder that we throw around this, oh, where's Tom Brady playing? Oh, he'll go to the Chargers or he'll go to the Colts or he'll go here. What a gargantuan uh, challenge that would be for Brady. And uh not going to change his legacy, but it, it puts a different ending to his story. And you, you can understand even, Greg, a guy like Brady who is long – Professed his uh, wish to play until he's in his mid 40s, he, he would have to probably swallow hard before actually deciding to leave New England. I think hearing
2: Joe Montana, his childhood hero's opinion on it, actually could hold some weight because whoever is. He's
3: one of the only guys who's I ever
2: think. been in that sort of situation. I thought if you really listened to what Brady said the last time he spoke. And It's not a surprise. He wants. I think he wants to stay in New England. I think the question is he's not sure if they want to keep him. It that's that's the bigger question to me. It's not whether he wants to leave. I think he would leave if he has to. It's really if they want to keep him. And they meaning Bill Belichick because Robert right. Kraft has made it clear the plan is Robert Kraft said even just him. days ago that that Tom Brady is wanted. It, does back. Make you, it makes me wonder. The worst case scenario here is that it causes friction and. Um, a schism between Kraft and Belichick. That's like the worst case scenario for a Patriots fan and the best case scenario for basically every other human that is interested in it, the sport of football. It's one
4: reminder that like, we're heading into this free agency period that is going to receive more hoopla than ever before unless this stuff is sewn up quickly. Because of these quarterbacks we're talking about, I, I don't really think that it's a great idea for any one of them to suddenly start over in their late 30s and 40s at, in, in, with another team. It, it just seems like you're getting the final year or two of Tom Brady on the Chargers. What's, how is right. that going to play out? Right, and I know we'll talk about it, but it really struck me that no
2: quarterback in NFL history – had thrown for more than fifteen hundred yards in their age forty-two season before Brady. There basically had never been a quarterback that was a starter for an entire year until Brady last season. So he was by far the greatest forty-two-year-old quarterback of all time. That's and it's just like it's just kind of like what, why would you expect him to keep breaking these boundaries at the highest levels? It's just a lot to expect.
3: And you know, speaking of Kobe Bryant, what, you know, everybody, you know, certainly I am, and I know you guys probably are too, are reading a lot about. His career and retrospectives and all that, and uh, what's his name Wojbomb The ESPN, Adrian Wojanowski. Adrian Wojanowski uh, He wrote a piece. He he knew Brian quite well, and he reflected on his encounters with him through the years, and including near the end of Brian's career. He like Tom Brady, spent you know twenty years with one team, and he remembers a conversation uh, with Brian where he was saying he was certain that Lakers management was looking to buy him out of his contract and use that amnesty clause that the NBA teams can use to get out from under uh, ugly veteran contracts. And it never came to fruition, but it just reminds me as you're talking about this, Greg, how you know these things, they get tricky at the end when the player is this veteran and he's a legend and he's getting paid a lot of money, but he's no longer helping the team like he once did. It just becomes a tricky situation for all parties. All right. Now... Media night, opening night, we talked about it with Kobe and how that was a major topic. Any other kind of takeaways uh, from Media night? Greg, I'll start with you on this.
2: Well, let's think. I like the little bit that Kyle Shanahan talked about where they asked him when he puts in the first 15 play script that has sort of become famous, you know, from Bill Walsh and. Kyle Shanahan's a a fairly direct descendant through his father, Mike Shanahan, from Bill Walsh. You know, the famed 15-play script of what they're going to do at the start of the game. And they asked, and um, I think it was one of our guys, it might have been Dion that asked him about it. And he said, well, I'll probably put it in like either late Friday night or Saturday morning. And that was, you know, to Dion that was a, a surprising answer. And I think it's fascinating. They put in the entire game plan last week. You know, they they have all the plays that they possibly could run in the game, but Shanahan kind of like, I don't know what we would do as students or we do for our podcast. He waits a little bit to the last minute and then wants to see what he's feeling is the right moment to do it, <laughs> well, and then he puts it in. And, and There are many good reasons, I think, for that. Are well, you coach, saying he's procrastinating? No, I'm not saying he's. Pro. <laughs> he thinks it's the best way to do it no, to you. wait until the end, and so maybe it's not getting stale, that he doesn't get stuck too much you know in that i have to do this or that he sees how the plays go during the
5: week and it keeps like
2: the whole thing a little fresh going into the super bowl
5: and coaches are creatures of routine he's used to doing that every friday night during the season when bill walsh first started this wrote about this in ohio river offense he met with paul brown on saturday mornings to go over the openers because he was working on them on friday nights that's Mm. I think that comes from the Bill Walsh tree.
4: I think it's also a communication with your star quarterback, with your team in general, that if you put out – like if we when we plan our show, if it's a Thursday show and we try to hammer it on a Wednesday morning, we're going to have to do 45 text messages about <laughs> changes. We have new information, right? And it's like, why not almost wait till the last minute if you're the Niners? The most – as much information as you have, and when you give those plays and you share it, it's as clear and it doesn't change. Maybe
2: everyone know, knew this kind of thing already, but it was it was a rare thing from opening night that seemed – like new and different, I don't know. My you know, one thing I, I thought, thought
4: Andy Reid talking about um players saying that he's still coming up right now, drawing up new plays that they've never even used to take into the Super I Bowl. Worry about when like, the Chiefs for
2: instance, I heard them well work. We've got so much extra time. We're going back 13, 15 games with the 49ers and we're pra- we're doing all this crazy like using all that time and I always like you always worry about the teams that just start to do too much, you know. Just do what you normally do.
3: George Kittle got a riser, and he uh, acknowledged. I thought this was a not-so-subtle flex. He waited to share this until he was on the riser at opening night of the Super Bowl. He's played with a torn labrum since 2018. Now, that's a man.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, it's impressive, but also obviously has not been a major factor in his play because hmm. he's playing with more physicality after the catch than any tight end in the NFL. He's blocking as well as any tight end in the NFL. He was first team All Pro by a war. I think PFF had him graded as like one of their highest. players I think they said ever. he
2: was their best player in the NFL this season. Was was George Kittle? According to PFF, were you questioning Dan his manhood? Like before this, this is what it took to <laughs> certainly put it over not. The top? But it's
3: just next level stuff. I and mean, you have to go to the Shield softball team, and when you see Chris Wessling, <laughs> you know playing seventeen games on a bad shoulder, uh, it it reminds me of. Uh, Joe Namath having to tape his leg from his ankle to his hip uh, just to get on the field. That's Wes slinging the ball over to skip at first base. You also had
4: a cold at one point during that season. <laughs> I I'd dealt really.
3: with some, yeah, uh, some issues. A lot on your Yul, part. Yeah. yeah, and some head, head cold <laughs> I'll never forget
2: well. Wes um, taking himself out of the championship game to give me a little more playing time because he, he thought that was what was best for the
3: team. A little bit of a sneaky hero boy move, though.
5: What taking me out yeah. of the game? I want to play,
3: but like, I was 130 for, pounds for his, his made-for-TV movie.
5: <laughs> well, no,
3: I
2: we, I appreciated a, a few extra innings. It was going to be a, like I got on base every at bat. Thing you was, was Shook
5: on. had to come in. Shook needed some playing time, and it was coming in for Greg. And I just said, "We need Greg's defense out there in right field. Take me out."
4: Greg selfless more, uh, attention for it, got on base every single time if you want to Right yeah.
3: I was I was
2: waiting for the humble
3: Wait, Captain here. Spiros was, is on the phone That was the legit one We got breaking news here Okay he's on the phone he's turning it Almost looks like he's turning the boat around while he's talking he's
2: I know it's knees. like we're is, talking but I I shudder to it's a really sad, I mean this my um good friend Mike Valdas Valley, his family came from Cuba so many of uh, so many people in the city came from Cuba and our probably thinking of their families. Like, the 7.7 earthquake is an, in, an insane number that I don't want to find out what's what we're going to find out when we get back. Dan Dan is very concerned about this phone call, though. Wait, can
3: you hand Captain Spiros the mic a second, Mark? Absolutely. Captain Spiros, can we get your comment? I yeah. saw you were just on the phone. Is everything okay?
1: Everything is perfect.
3: Every, <laughs> no, nothing to be worried about?
5: If you say, Words about the captain, you are safe. Otherwise, <laughs> you have a
3: problem. <laughs> captain Spiros of the Van Dutch.
4: A hero. Talk about a real man.
3: All right. All right I don't even know it. how to turn the boat on. Let's, oh, also Katie Sowers, the uh, woman who's a Niners coach. Chiefs tattoo. Scandal. Oh, she's from Kansas. And it was... S- Scandal. I, I read that it was a
4: tattoo of the, of the Kansas City skyline. And she actually played... Unlike some people on this show, played football herself at a professional level well, in, you don't Kansas, need, for eight in Kansas City. Hero ball. We
3: don't, you don't need to tell us why she should be a coach. She's certainly qualified. That, but I'm just talking about the scandal. Did you just simply <laughs> set me scandal. up for that? Like, <laughs> uh, she, she said, you know, she's
2: she's a proud Kansas Cityian.
3: All right. Those, well, those, if the Niners lose, she, you'll know
2: why. She got more, you know, from the people there. She got more people around her probably than just about anyone. At at opening night, it is pretty cool. She Kyle Shanahan brought her from Atlanta, where uh, she was also an assistant. I also liked hearing that uh, my guy Tom Brady, you know, was congratulating Jimmy G. People forget Jimmy G's got two Super Bowl rings. Uh, I mean, they, they you know, had and a bit of a relationship in the big, towards, the big, towards the end of their the Super run together, didn't they? Well, Jimmy G, he, and Jimmy Tom Brady. G was coming for his How job,
3: he just wanted to be in the news cycle this week. Told <laughs> me. <mean, laughs>
2: he's probably annoyed that that became. Uh, you know what else he's public. annoyed about?
3: Dante Scarnecchia is out as offensive coordinator. They say he's retired, but I think he was quietly fired by Bill Bell. Why, why would he? <laughs> why would uh, this future Hall of
2: Fame first uh, assistant coach to make the Hall of Fame uh, ever? But this ever is a real it. like throw of get thrown out. These disaster stuff. Right.
4: Now you lose Scarnecchia
2: just out
5: of pure mendacity. Ooh wee! Have and, to be
4: a little panicked, Greg. Yeah, and in the, in the in the ride over here towards the boat. You were claiming that it just doesn't matter, and you're fine with the Patriots. Our podcast, KVN, but.
2: Has covered more Super Bowls than the Jets and Browns uh, have ever been in by it a factor of five. Out. Why do you need to go in that? direction? <laughs> I'm just saying, out. like, why in that direction? To that? Do you need I've to go it's had just all this not beautiful look, time. Yeah. It's an I've <laughs> an ugly look. Had all this great time. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with 20 years by of total a darkness. Of Bring five. it. Right. It's been. It's just what? say but
3: we've been to one combined. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to one combined.
2: Well, I was trying to do the math. How many have we covered for the Patriots? Five, I think. Five or Five of six. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Not anymore, though. It's over. All right. And finally, let's give the last word from Media Night. I'm sorry, opening night. They rebranded it a few years back. I struggle with that. Uh, Richard Sherman, who's obviously one of the more thoughtful um, NFL players, and he's a Los Angeles native. So, uh, of course, he was going to be asked about Kobe. Let's let's hear what Sherman had to say.
0: Well, he meant a lot. He meant a lot to everyone. You know, he, he meant a lot to the city of L.A., and he's, he's a tremendous idol. Like I said, there's not enough praise I can give him. There's not enough words in my vernacular and my vocabulary to give him the praise and the the, the respect that he deserves um but but he deserves every inch every every ounce of respect every ounce of, of gratitude and and he gave me a ton of inspiration i'm sure he inspired millions and billions and trillions of other kids you know there's there's no limit to the impact he's had on my city and, and on cities around the world
3: extremely well put all right that's what's happening in the news now let's get to it the sinker we're on a boat so sinker swim narratives nailed it of Super Bowl 54. Um, I asked you guys to kind of throw out some storylines that you've seen popping up over the last week or so, and I don't know whether you agree with the narrative or you're here to debunk it. Uh, but, they b- but they are narratives. Are you thrown out any? You I seem like the narrative guy. I have a couple, but I, I, wa- I want to just tee you guys up. Uh, Mark, you seem like the type of guy, in fact, I know you to be the type <laughs> of guy who you exist mostly to just shoot down things. So I'm, I'm going to assume you're not going to agree with either of these. Here's the first one: Everyone assumes a shootout is on tap in Super Bowl Fifty. Well, I
4: know. So I what even my own prediction for somewhere on our website. Try to go find that somewhere. It was like forty-one to forty because it just like the first thing that came to mind. Like, of course, you're not going to say it's not a shootout
2: now, are you? No. So I, I mean, are you trying to say what? that they don't promote? The Super Bowl predictions piece, because that probably gets promoted more not, than any not going article, down that just because you haven't checked out NFL.com. You know, not, uh, that NFL.com. I am that it's
4: not the, the main point of this. this and let's not. This
3: is not the day. Would you like me to answer this question? <laughs> this or Are yet. we just
4: going to go off into forty-two different verbal rivulets before I give you my answer?
3: This is this is not the day <laughs> <laughs> to
2: get verbal up. rivulets <laughs> on a real rivulet. I love it.
3: <laughs> what a state.
4: I would I would point to this number one <laughs> that last year at this time we were coming out of an AFC Championship. That was a shootout between the Chiefs and Patriots, uh-huh. and with a Rams team that everyone just assumed would score thirty-five, forty points. Not everyone, but that was sort of this. Oh, this. Who knows what could happen in this thing? That's that's my case number so eight. What are you saying? this game could be twenty-eight-seven. This game could be twenty-eight-three. That I don't. I just don't assume. Oh, you I, think it could be a blowout? I think. I think it could be a blowout. Number one, I don't assume that both teams are going to drop fifty points on each other. Here. That's
5: a good point. Mark raises a good point. The two quarterbacks with the highest points per game in NFL history. Probably are going to have a low-scoring game. I'm just kidding. But no, these are like it's the improbable. Two it's, never, it's, it's bad in, when West is taking.
4: It's, it's, it's you improbable. You never see but the
3: scientists turn on another. Or a, uh,
4: listen, I'm not saying it's, it's a narrative it. because it's partially logical. But last year, not not a single person was talking about thirteen so to debunking three. Debunking this,
3: or are you supporting that this will be a high-scoring game? <laughs> it's,
4: it's it's sinking. It's very confusing. debunking <laughs> in process because I am I am upset with myself for picking forty-one to forty. It seems too boring and predictable and
3: this mark is the wrong day to get on nfl.com promotionally because i went to their home page just today and right there in the headline stack as they call it Sessler colon why i want Jameis comma lamar to win a title
4: you know, listen. I believe well, that with I, all my heart. I, with all my heart, I believe that column I wrote.
3: Timely.
2: I mean, when I um, when I think of Mark's attachment and <laughs> support of Jameis Winston over the years, just like the the energy that he's invested, finally wanting him to get over the top. It's nice to see that. Getting promoted as one of the it big stories It was a very natural uh, <laughs>
4: storyline to kind of. They asked me to pick 10 people, people that had not of won soul a Super in that Bowl. <laughs> it was 10 people that <laughs> I'd like to see make the Super there Bowl. Blood and had guts not, coming off that, that when had you had not click been in. there. And tell me it would not be intriguing to see Jameis Winston with some other team get into the Super Bowl. I like Bowl. the wording, though. Totally Sessler.
3: Why I want Jameis, comma, Lamar yeah, to well, win a I title.
4: I can't, I don't, I
3: don't I don't believe a word of that. I feel like
2: I've been honking about Jameis on this podcast for four years and all you do is dismiss dismissive.
3: Well, you know, you're a
4: man of contradictions. I can change my mind occasionally.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, (laughs) Wes, here's a narrative that you threw out there. Jimmy G
5: equals Bob Greasy. Debunk or support? Give me a break with this one. We're debunking it. What are you talking about? First of all, there was only one quarterback this year to finish in the top five of completion percentage, yards yards per attempt, and touchdown passes, and that was Jimmy G. This was not all running. He's 23-5 and as a starter under Kyle Shanahan. The other 49ers quarterbacks under Kyle Shanahan are 3-20. and So he has an 8-20 winning percentage, the highest in NFL history. All other San Francisco 49ers quarterbacks have a 167 winning percentage under Kyle Shanahan. What happened when Bob Greasy got injured in 1962? His backup Earl Morrow went 9-0 and and won first-team All-Pro because he could School do player. the same job Bob Greasy could do. The 49ers quarterbacks can't do the same job Jimmy G's doing. Give me a break with this narrative. You
4: know, nothing about Jimmy G's skill set suggests the team doesn't totally trust him. They totally trust him. And they, I I, mm. I do think that it was interesting to hear Kurt Warner talk about it on NFL Network today that if, you know, you look at these game plans and these scripts, that if Kurt Warner back in the day with the Rams as a young starter was told – you're going to be throwing the ball probably eight or nine times in a half in the Super Bowl, that he would totally revolt. That, that quarterbacks, he wa- if you're Jimmy G, you want to throw the ball 25, 30 times. And no matter what you tell anyone else. And Thank
5: he, you for this, Wes. He and he's said, been uh, money on third downs, too. He's been a great 3rd down right, quarterback.
4: These two
2: games are pretty random. There are almost no other games they had all season that were quite like this. With that said, I, I do think, for instance, in the – was it, the Vikings game after he made the interception and then they, you know, went pretty run-heavy. I think they totally trust Jimmy G, but I think Kyle Shanahan knows how good his defense is, how good his running game is, and that Jimmy G mistakes is the riskiest thing they have because he makes a lot of mistakes. He takes a lot of sacks. He fumbles the ball a lot. So you're saying Kyle Shanahan's a good coach. Right. I'm just saying that that he is the highest variance of a really great team and – he's facing a quarterback who's not only makes way more big plays and is more talented, but makes way, way fewer mistakes. So if he can keep a lid under Jimmy G, like two why things not could be true? Yeah. Yeah. You
3: could, you could trust your quarterback, which Kyle Shanahan, I believe does, but also know that your running game should be the motor against certain teams, depending on the game plan as they were in the two. And playoff this, games. this
2: sets up that way. I mean, the chiefs, Defense is about as imbalanced, you know, when you look at the efficiency pass versus run as almost any defense in the league. They're a really good pass defense, pretty deep secondary, you know, solid pass rush, uh, good scheme against the pass, and a terrible run defense. Like, it's very similar to the last
5: couple ones.
3: Chiefs defense is better or even above average. Debunk or confirm?
5: Led yourself into that trap. I did. I—
2: I don't think they're that much better, and I've than last year. Than last year, they're they're a little better, but I watched them, and I, I guess I'm putting a lot of stock in the two playoff games versus the entire season. They haven't played well in the postseason. Everyone looks concerned. Everyone in this boat right
1: now is looking very concerned. <laughs> well, Erica and I don't asked know us why. to
3: take a look at a nearby yacht. Is that what we're looking at? What is the yeah, what is tell the us what motivation here, Eric? It was
1: just a really beautiful boat, and I thought you would like to look at it. <laughs> it like, was wow! Like, it is. Crazy. I mean, there are people sunning on the. Eric Erica's
2: very into boats. You used to uh, you used to own a boat. You're a yachter. You're. I you wish I was you a, know a lot I'm not a yachter, but lot. I do. I've been driving. Yatter a word?
1: I don't think so. But I've been driving boats since I was twelve. I love them. Wow. We're in a beautiful fifty-five footer, and Greg's like, "You think I know anything about boats?" I was like, "Well, you know numbers." You did not have any context. You can know it's bigger. You're telling me you've been in a
5: more beautiful Super Bowl locale than this? Never. Come on. This, what we've had for the last half an hour beats mm. everything. We're
3: cheating live here, folks. I wonder
5: what, was what they they're saying doing about in Ohio the right defense?
3: now. I mean, the
2: Chiefs defense <laughs> seems pointless. My point is, are they seem entirely beatable, and they might be a little bit better than they were a year ago, but are they above average? I don't think so. They've got three good players, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew. Just about every, every other part of their defense feels... Like a weakness I think in about. recent
4: weeks You go down 24 nothing, You go down 17-7 I mean Right you, you are vulnerable But they have the offense That almost makes it A non-issue on some Part level
2: Part of my thought is, I mean when you really Just like line up the matchups I think Kyle Shanahan Is looking at this Chiefs defense And he's loving it He's licking his chops He's licking his chops Like if you just Look at the
3: matchups The 49ers seem like The the better team Mark Sessler Confirm or debunk Anyone on either team talking about not getting enough respect from football heads? What, oh, what happened told- to sink or swim, by the way? <laughs> sink or swim. Sink that
4: one. That one needs to sink right, to the bottom of the Miami one. River because I—it's—it's it's happened a little bit with Richard Sherman, and that's not a surprising person to utter these these kinds of comments necessarily. But you hear it for a little bit on both teams. So, you know, we're not—we're not getting the respect that's, we deserve. Yeah, we're not getting the attention. It's stuff. like I—I I would just say though, I, the Niners have been. Glowed over all season, and the Chiefs are the team everyone kind of wanted in this position from before the season. So where is this lack of respect, lack of interest coming sink from? Maybe Adam Rank picks out the 49ers to go three and thirteen. Sink people it. have been really holding. Why do you need him? to <laughs> take a coworker and then just well, drag
3: them off the end of the boat? Bring, that way. No, I,
2: he's he talks about it more than he loves it. He loves it.
4: He talks about
2: it, but he when you bring it up it's you know.
3: all around us. All right, um, Wes. Thought I did a good job there, by the way. You did nicely. All right, I'm proud of you. Uh, Wes, sink or swim. Patrick Mahomes is off to the mark. Best Brady start is very uncomfortable right now.
2: Shadowy league figure with all the nice boats around
3: us. <laughs> it's not our fault. There are nice boats everywhere in Miami.
5: Well, if we're saying worst take gets thrown overboard, Greg goes overboard because oh, he's been spouting this off for the last few weeks with no regard for. No regard for perspective, no no regard for a wide view of history, no regard no for respect. actually the truth, which this, Patrick Mahomes in his breakout year, his great year, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, Dan Marino did that four decades ago in his second season. Try, buying okay. a, try paying 1984 prices for a house today. Mm. You've had six <laughs> passing revolutions since Dan Marino did this. For him... That's about the equivalent of going for 65 touchdowns and 6,000 yards now. It would blow everyone's mind. It would blow Greg's mind. That was the best story in NFL history, Dan Marino, not Patrick Mahomes.
2: Here's what I think. They are the only two, I think, in the conversation. I think Kurt Warner is not far away Mahomes, right? Yeah, Kurt Warner, it's tricky. He's He's older, but you're right, is right there. But here's the thing. Mahomes in his first year was the MVP. He was the best player in the league.
5: His second year in the NFL.
2: Right, I'm saying first two years as starter. I'm not. I'm no. I would have counted Aaron Rodgers first two years, which well, he had Dan Marino
5: was busy playing and win rookie of the year that's, when he was a rookie. That's fine. On the oh, dang. His, his
2: second year, he's the number three quarterback in the league. I would put him at. So, what quarterbacks they, in their first two years would be a top three quarterback those two years? Now, another part of it is absolutely that I watched every game. Like, do we respect the football heads' opinions who just watch guys on weekends? You know, or watch. Players when they're in primetime games and in playoff games and makes big opinions. I'm not gonna have that strong a take off of Dan Marino when I really didn't see him play. So back you're then. just gonna
5: ignore that he ever happened because no, makes I'm gonna look argument. at the I'm what gonna to look at the there, His second year in terms of off he
2: had a little less of a year. They would be they would he be right. He led the league in
5: everything, even the next year after that. And my you want him to go away because it's convenient for your argument, but Dan Marino exists and you
2: can't throw him <laughs> overboard. No, I'm not. But they would be similar, and it also goes yeah. to my that. Quarterbacks are better now than they were. Like athletes are better had, than they were we, before. Have we, have we like you didn't watch him? Dan Marino that year, so it's like very hard to like know how
3: good have he really we, was. Isn't this all kind of pointless? Because haven't we talked to him in this podcast? It's- pointless to argue over players from different generations?
5: I'm just correcting Greg for refusing all right, to pay any respect to anyone who came before Patrick I Sloan. said alright
3: he's one of
2: at worst he's one of the top two quarterbacks ever in terms of his first two years as starter and the physical skill set and the athleticism and everything else that he has it's obviously better because athletes are better and he's like a next generation like that's this is not a hot
3: take. Dan went like
5: half a year without getting sacked. You're you're bad-mouthing his skill set because you never really watched him.
3: All right, everybody calm down, scientists. <laughs> There's no time for s- scientist shenanigans in the lab on a boat. It just doesn't make sense. Logically, you can't have a I lab mean, we've made time on a boat. we a made plenty, plenty of time for right I want to throw that. out a narrative that connects to what we just talked about, though, which I'm hearing a lot of. But people, what is the old line? Those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. Yes. You know, back in 1984— Everyone said, oh, Dan Marino, you know, he got wiped out by the Niners, coincidentally. He'll be back. Uh, You know, everyone seems to, you know, Patrick Mahomes is on the scene of the Super Bowl. And something tells me this isn't going to be his first bite of the apple. You (laughs) don't know. And it actually speaks to a larger point that goes beyond uh, Mahomes or anything. Uh, And it's something that's popped up time after time in the years covering this sport is that when you get to this point, you need to win. Because – the future promises nothing, and the history of the NFL is littered with teams that thought they were just at the verge of getting to the mountaintop, and even though they didn't get there, we'll get there next year. The Atlanta Falcons come to mind. The Jacksonville Jaguars come to mind. That's just recently. And Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers. Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees. Drew I mean, Brees. He, did, he
2: did win it, but he has not been back in the decade since. And
3: the, Mahomes is in a great situation to have a long, successful run Uh, Because like Tom Brady, he is on a team that is well run from the top down. And you get the feeling that they will not let that roster go to rot. And because he's so good, he could then fill fill in the gaps the way Brady once did. However, nothing is promised. And you got... It's so important that these teams, and we know that as the famous Damashekism, is just a must-win game. Yes, obviously both teams are doing everything in their power <laughs> to win the Super Bowl, but the team that loses, an you know, old francesa we're going to have Chris Mad Dog Ro- Russo oh, on our wait. show on Thursday. The old Ma- uh, Francesa line was it's, the, there's nothing worse than losing in the Super Bowl. You'd rather lose in the title game than lose in the Super Bowl because there are scars that come with it. Now, whether you believe – in that or not is another conversation, but just in general, there are no promises Win the game you got here.
5: All that is true. But if you're in the AFC West, don't you have to look at it from now on as I've got to build my team specifically to stop Patrick Mahomes. And yes, the in in the division and
2: they have an edge, but Andy yes, Reid, Andy Reid is a great example. I mean, I keep talking about how he's, you know, maybe the most influential coach the last, 20 years. He hasn't been in a Super Bowl since 15 years ago. They weren't, you know, they lost that one. He has not been back since. He's had a lot of good teams since then and he hasn't been able to get back. Kyle Shanahan who's coming off, you know, when he was in the Super Bowl as a coordinator, one of the toughest moments like you can possibly imagine. He he knows it. He said watching those mike shanahan teams for a while you know as a kid he didn't think the afc was even allowed to win a super bowl he knows how pre- precious oh, that, it is that was and a, how brutal it is that
4: was an insane run of dominance by the nfc i mean i think if you want to look at a group of people that faithfully return to the super bowl every year it seems to be us <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're the one guarantee well, yeah
4: we do make it every well, every this year, year. Why until this year? Because you're well, there still...
3: Some, there's some events that have transpired. I
4: mean, the waters the are relatively calm underneath the boat at the moment. Famous
3: last words, my friend. Although, like I said, Captain... <laughs> oh, my God! Captain no, Spiros is under control, so I'm under <laughs> That was control, for the right? listeners. I have, ex- I have extreme I freaked out the, the captain. <laughs> the
2: captain looked back at me with so a like, look of panic everywhere.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else want to throw one out there that I haven't touched on, but you definitely want to hit? Mark, you had one. Uh, I know.
4: Oh, I'm like a little annoyed that people have dismissed my sandwich uh, proposition from much earlier on in the Look, year. Look, Mark's
3: holding the microphone handle really tight again. Sorry, but you, <laughs> you could see the veins bulging out of <laughs> your like, hands underneath work. your knuckles. Just, just how my hands work. There's no, there's no I don't like that. It puts everybody on edge. Why Treat can't I just, like do, can't well, I don't just do it? Why can't yeah. I just mean, do it? Yeah, I'm, what I'm used, used to it, to to it do. this way.
2: It does not put
4: me on edge. Do not try to <laughs> blow up another of my narratives. This was the one that a player Your will miss. Your knuckles are literally throbbing. Ricky, oh, can you get a so kind of close shot
3: of the way Mark
4: handles A player handles will it. miss uh, playing time due <laughs> to being get off the boat with attacked by arthritis? an animal.
3: Oh, go ahead. A
4: player will miss playing time at least part of a game due to being attacked by an animal, and there is still an opportunity for that. Miami is a rough-and-tumble game. Uh, environment, a
5: lot can happen between now and Sunday. We saw two rats fighting on the way here. <laughs> Iguanas falling out of trees. Wait, saying, Wes there's and there's I p- time saw here.
2: like a like a twenty pound iguana sitting around. <laughs> it was huge. That thing was sturdy. <laughs> it was it was big guy. And uh, we saw some turkey vultures on oh, the way yeah. here. Turkey vultures turkey animals. You're right. If this is the city where an animal could take a player out, Is this how I'm holding that, this. See, I feel more looking at. Does that count, calm, w- Mike, uh, Mark what? rather? Uh, <laughs>
3: Mike Sesler. <laughs> We've only done a thousand
4: <laughs> shows together. Greg has no idea who he works. Mike Sesler. Does it count if an animal
2: hurts a player during the week and then they miss the game? It's got to be 100%. 100%. It's a, with Mark's no, no, predictions, no, no. It it's was... always like a
3: horseshoes thing, though. We'll if it's it. close, I get it. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. It was, it was
4: not just in-game. in, in game. I don't believe it, it was in the oh, field got some or off music
3: the music on the boat next door. Oh, we got people dancing. It's like a pontoon boat. Awesome. Um, how about
2: how about the narrative that, like, ooh, the 49ers are
3: old school?
2: Like, give me a break. They're, like, the most the most – modern, sort of creative, inventive with their running game that of any team in the league. If any other team could imitate what Kyle Shanahan does, they would do it. No one can do it. He's ahead of the game. It's like, oh, they're old school. This proves that running the football still has a place. Yeah, if you've got Kyle Shanahan, because he's often like 20, 35 people reduc- are going to be doing. It. It's stupid. Yeah,
3: I, I hear what you're saying. Although it is interesting that the quarterback threw it. 16 times or whatever. It's
2: it's definitely interesting. It's just not old school. I I think it
3: bubbled up
4: along with the Titans. You know, this was not the playoff approach we thought we'd we'd get back in last, you know, last January or February when everyone was hiring gurus to set passing games afire. Oh, we
2: just passed the Mojito Bar. I like that. Whoa, Miami.
5: That was their plan against the Vikings. Run it down their throat. But they fell into the Packers game plan. Like, they... They were going to pass, and then they thought, why are we even passing on these guys? They're not even close. Didn't need to. Uh, Did I mention, by the way, and I will mention it again, that this
3: wonderful podcast um, aboard Captain Spiros' ship, the Around the NFL podcast, is presented by DiGiorno. Stock up on DiGiorno pizza for the big game. Uh, And um, we are now, I think, about to soon head back toward port, and it's time to uh, get ready to say goodbye. A reminder once again: if you are in the Miami area and you want to see us uh, live in person, talking a little ball, and then uh, afterwards we're we'll, of course uh, meet and talk with the fans. Come, come on down to the Miami Improv, get tickets, and uh, and we'll have a great old time together on Thursday night, eight o'clock showtime. Correct?
1: Yep, eight o'clock door uh, seven thirty.
3: Seven thirty showtime doors
1: are at six thirty.
3: All right, don't show miss is the at seven thirty. <laughs> yeah. Show us at seven thirty. <laughs> don't show us close eight. enough. Uh, any other thoughts? Thursday again will be our proper uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four preview with our uh, game picks and all that. And Mad uh, Dog Chris stuff.
2: Russo, as he as he mentioned, and joining the great us.
3: Mad Dog. Uh,
4: I was Mark, saying we're to Dan. Excited about this. Oh, I was saying to Dan because I mean, you know, we all I grew up listening with my dad in the car to Mike and the Mad Dog, hundreds and hundreds of hours. And you know, I. I Told him a couple times, "Hey, we have this guest on or this guest on," and it's it's all a nice experience. I think in his mind, he's happy that it's happening. But when I mentioned <laughs> Mad Dog Russo, it's like, "Oh wow!" Because there's a, that goes back. That's deep. Like, son, I there's finally of, respect you. I hope the respect was there before. You got some other grown man on your podcast. I wonder I how many you. people at NFL Network would not be there if it were not for Mike and the Mad Dog.
3: Well, he, they certainly left a huge imprint, and. One of their Greg, favorite. Greg
4: sneered at that, but like I am saying that there are maybe the, maybe the number is four or five, but it was well, the us.
2: engine. You too. Yeah, um, okay, so it's. But
3: us. I'll say yes. Mike and the Mud Dog were not influential. Greg, you nailed this. <laughs> I'm
2: not saying that at all. <laughs> <Greg> I just <laughs> had one of all the most serious people, people the, I've ever seen. The, in my I'm, I'm rolling through They're all Greg the people badaring. on our air <laughs> in my mind. Give me one. Give me, <laughs> me one. one.
4: Tommy Curran had a big. Give me one.
2: It's like Omar Ruiz. Yeah, that, he wouldn't have made it
3: without old Mad Dog. All right, well, you got two of them on this boat. Omar Ruiz is the one guy in our company that made it uh, without ever tracking Chris Russo. So he, he, beat, the, he beat the odds. Um, anyway, we're excited uh, for Mad Dog and talking more ball. And thank you again uh, to this wonderful crew abo- aboard the Van Dutch, led by Captain Spiros, who despite the threat of a looming natural disaster, uh, never blinked. And we thank you for that, Captain.
1: I thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs)
3: He's a a good man. Thank you to everybody for having us. Uh, This is part of the Stella fleet, by the way. And if you want to, if you're, again, in the area Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, you could come on down to the Port de Stella and get loose, right, Ricky?
1: I guess, yeah, but they got these boats. We got some celebrities coming down. I heard Priyanka Chopra is going to be here. Chopra? Jane Slater is going to be here.
3: Wait, Chopra. Chopra did the uh, Thursday Night Football oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. theme song. Well, we yeah. once
2: we once had a producer who kept promising we were going to get Priyanka on the show, and it never it never happened. It felt a through. grand failure by that one <laughs> producer. It fell through, but I did enjoy her song "Welcome to My City." Uh, the original intro today. to Thursday Night Football. People forget, but... Yeah. Beautiful yeah you song. Haven't.
1: check out Port DeSella, and you too can be on this awesome yacht. This is the best podcast we've ever done. All right. I don't know, the- content-wise, I've been, like, sightseeing and, you know, doing my thing on this yacht. It's going it's,
3: it's, it's to be great. And follow along uh, the ATN Podcast on Instagram for oh, all man. our exploits. Uh, and the sun's out, and the skies are blue, and there's a gentle breeze, and I'm on the water. I need a drink. So, let us uh, begin that process. Of getting the old Zeuser uh, a little loose himself,
5: Little Dan Hanson. The old Zeuser a little looser. <laughs> Signing off for
3: Quiet Storm, the Mailman, the Old Boss, Ricky Hollywood, uh, Captain Spiros, and the whole crew of the Von Dutch. Thank you. Till Thursday.